Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about the Reserve Bank. We're giving you a Reserve Bank update from what's coming out from our central bank. Now, of course, this is so important, particularly during an economic downturn or when the economy is a bit shaky at different times and when there's higher uncertainty. That's where the Reserve Bank will really start to enter into the market and try and prop up the economy. Now, of course, we've talked previously on the show about the large-scale asset purchasing program where the bank is purchasing government bonds in order to decrease interest rates. And now, because we're in relatively unprecedented times, and I realise that that phrase is sometimes overused during these times, the Reserve Bank is needing to look at other instruments, other things they can do, because remember the OCR is 0.25%. There's not much further it can fall until we go negative. That's going to be an alternative piece or part of monetary policy. But the other really interesting instrument that the Reserve Bank is considering using is lending directly to banks. So setting up a facility where they will lend to the banks so that a bank does not need to rely on term deposit holders. So they can get money from the Reserve Bank and lend it straight on out with a margin, of course. Now, about a month ago, Adrian Orr started talking about this, the Governor of the Reserve Bank. And what he's suggesting is that they might lend to the retail banks at the OCR or at the OCR plus a bit of a margin. Now, of course, that won't be the retail rate. Don't get too excited thinking that if the OCR is 0.25% and the Reserve Bank bang on 0.5%, the the retail rate I'm going to be able to borrow at is 0.75%. No, because the banks are going to add a margin on as well. But what it does show is that the Reserve Bank are considering policies and are seriously looking at instruments and signalling that out to the market that interest rates are likely to fall. Now, the other thing I just want to say as well is that Adrian Orr is signalling that they would probably use this facility, provide this lending facility to the retail banks at the same time as using negative interest rates. So the banks will likely be able to borrow very, very cheaply from the Reserve Bank and pass that on, plus a margin, out into the market. Now, Andrew, what are you reading into this? So firstly, just to take a step back, so the Reserve Bank has a dual mandate and their two key focuses are full employment and low and or stable inflation. So they don't want the market to get out of control in terms of having this hyperinflation or or a situation like back in 1980, was it roughly, that we had all the extreme inflation and we saw house prices double in value in four years then. So they're trying to control those two things. Now, whilst inflation might be the one that's solved with the lower interest rates, the full employment, you kind of think, well, how, how does low interest rates fix that? Well, if a business is able to lend money to kind of get them through this tough time that we're in at the moment, then that means they don't have to lay people off and actually you can repay it at a reasonably fast rate if you're paying a low interest rate. Now, if the Reserve Bank is setting the interest rates so low and the banks are not reliant on having to encourage people, entice people to put money in investments with the banks through term deposits, then what that means is you'll probably see term deposit rates go down and they're very, very low at the moment. I think, you know, roughly one and a half percent 
Actually, even lower than that, Andrew. I was walking past ASB last night on the way back to the office on a Sunday night with my yes. Japanese bento box, <laughs> and the interest rate from ASB for 12 months is 1.2%, so less than the rate wow. of inflation. And if you're losing a third of that, then that means you're getting 0.8% after your tax. So you're getting hardly anything. You're not getting much of a return on your investment. So what this means for all those people that are sitting on cash in the bank is you're lucky if your money's keeping up with inflation. It's not got as much purchasing power next year as it does today and you know if you're living off the income of it it's going to be pretty dismal at the moment so what you're likely to see is people take money out of term deposits and then go and buy assets and so that will then lead to some inflation because there's going to be a bit of demand for things like houses. And this is going to be specifically in that case asset inflation. So we are likely to see uh, increases in the price of shares, increases in the price of businesses, boats, art, anything that's half decent store of value and property will be one of those. And I guess that's really the reason that we are talking about this because the likely impact of lower interest rates and more money circulating in the economy from investors looking for a return is likely to be higher house prices and higher asset prices across the board. Now, Adrian or the Reserve Bank Governor will often talk about this and will often talk about the fact that a lot of the gains that have occurred over the last, or increases in wealth that have occurred over the last few decades have gone to the owners of assets, the owners of equity, because the price of assets have increased astronomically, whereas the return from labour in terms of real wage increases have been relatively muted compared to that. And so there are some impacts on income and wealth inequality. That distribution gets wider. Now, as much as the Reserve Bank likes to talk about this and does talk about that, and it's really important to, it's important to bring it back to the dual mandate because when asked about this, Adrian Orr will often say that is very true. And remember, the biggest thing that we're trying to focus on, our biggest mandate is ensuring full employment, that we've got some strong GDP, and that we have low and stable inflation. If we don't achieve those two things, then the whole economy is going to have a bad time. If we didn't have inflation, for instance, and we had deflation, so prices are going down, that's going to be bad for anybody who owns debt or holds debt because the price of everything's going down but your debt is staying the same minus your principal payments of course and so they're really targeting at that dual mandate full employment low and stable inflation and one of the unintended consequences of that is likely to be asset price inflation and you're going to hear in a future episode in just a couple of days time where we talk about the latest statistics out from the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand and you're going to see that we are starting to see that flow through into the price of assets as we are talking about the price of property or the sale prices of property right now. Now, one other thing I want to talk about, because this caught my eye, I'm going to take you all the way over to the United States now, because every year, the Federal Reserve of Kansas City, which strangely enough is actually not in Kansas, it's in Missouri, holds a conference of reserve bankers, primarily from around the US. This is actually held in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. You can imagine this would be a fun party to be at. Oh, mate, you'd have a 
lot of people like me just <laughs> buzzing about the economic data. And of course, this year, it wasn't held in Wyoming, it was held online. And there was a very interesting, somewhat subtle change in policy from the Federal Reserve in the US. And it is this. It's that the Federal Reserve Governor, Mr. Powell, has changed the inflation mandate for the Federal Reserve. So instead of targeting 2% inflation per year, which is the midpoint of what they would aim for, they're now going to target an average of 2% per year. Now you think, Ed, what's the difference there? Well, what that really means is that if this year they hit 1% inflation, next year they're not aiming for 2%, as they usually would, they're now aiming for higher. So what that allows the Federal Reserve to do is actually to almost over-egg the economy, to use monetary policy instruments to push more inflation in there so that they can achieve more of that full employment or a high level of GDP mandate that they're aiming for. And that's going to mean that specifically in the US, we're going to see some alternative, some unusual monetary policy tools to prop up that economy using monetary policy. And I think that's really interesting because A, it puts support back into that dual mandate, but also that's going to mean Again, at least in the US, asset prices are likely to increase and will continue to increase. Now, of course, this isn't policy that's coming out from the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. However, if the Reserve Bank over here were to take a similar approach, then we would have a similar impact of of high asset prices. And this is one part of the housing equation, a big part of the housing equation. But we feel like it's really important to talk about this and the impact that it's potentially going to have on us over here. In New Zealand. And so tell me, Ed, uh, how long do they take that average over? It hasn't been publicly stated for how long that average will be. I expect that they might say something like, as monetary policy practitioners like to, the medium term. So right. that might be Five three years. to seven yep. years that they might take that over. But I think it is important to, to realise that we want the reserve banks everywhere to fulfill these mandates of relatively low inflation over the long term. We don't want to see deflation. We want to see stable inflation over time. We still want to see some inflation because that means we've all got an incentive to go out and invest our money and make sure we get a return on our equity. If inflation was zero, we may not see that. Interestingly, though, if you had three years of, say, 1% inflation, you could expect that the Fed would be trying to get that average up. And so you might see some major inflation over a couple of years. The main thing you'd have to just consider there as well, though, Andrew, is that if they were to put significant stimulus in the economy in order to achieve a higher inflation rate, say a 5 or 6% in order to get that average yes. there, it's not easy to then just pull that back the next year. No, no, no. But that, that could be the interesting thing. You might just have these extreme boosts of asset values, maybe. I think one of the most interesting things to look out for, or points just to make, is that if the Reserve Bank over here in New Zealand begins to offer these lending facilities for the retail banks to online to consumers, we can expect that the Reserve Bank is, has a much easier way of controlling interest rates in New Zealand. The OCR does that in part, but if they're directly lending at a specific rate, plus a margin, to the banks then if they lower that or increase it, it's going to flow directly through into the retail rates out to what you and I are borrowing. And so when we actually are able to comment on whatever that rate happens to be, it's going to have a more certain impact Mm. on the retail rates than otherwise would through the OCR. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, 
If you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not come along to our in-person live podcast recordings? They are happening in Christchurch, Wellington and Auckland. And remember, we have pushed them out to mid-October, the 20th, 21st, 22nd, because of the COVID outbreak. We want to make sure that we are hosting a really safe and responsible event while we all get up to irresponsible things. So (laughs) to register for your free ticket, then just tap or swipe over the cover art. I'm going to drop a link in there. Or... Just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash pod event. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 